Welcome to the Luke Messias Show. Dade Phelan has hired lawyers to try to get conservative groups to stop hitting him in his own district. We're going to talk about that day along with some interesting results that happened this last Saturday during the May elections and an update on all things Texas legislature. Let's get to the show. Dade Phelan has hired attorneys to respond to an ad being run by the Texas Family Project in his district. The Texas Family Project released this ad because it it seems very clear that the Texas House of Representatives is trying to kill the bill that will ban drag shows in the presence of children or hosted on taxpayer-funded facilities. Now, this is a very obvious piece of legislation that says children can't be sexualized. And the truth is, I think one of the reasons why the House seems ready to kill this bill is because they're already going to pass a ban on gender modification and they've had to deal with porn in just the school libraries, not the community libraries, but the school libraries to some extent, some of the porn in school libraries. And and they're also looking at the ban on women's sports, which they've had hearings on and look to maybe be moving. And as we've said in the past, Dade Phelan does not like the LGBT issues, pure and simple. So now he has a fourth issue that has come up that he has to address. And it's already a lot to have him address issues that he didn't want to address last session. So the Texas Family Project came out and started calling out the Texas House of Representatives for killing this legislation because that's what it looks like they're doing. But they were pretty precise in the way they said it. And we're going to go to this ad in a second. And then I'm going to read you what Dade Phelan's attorneys sent the TV stations, which the Texas Family Project released this morning when I'm recording this. You're going to be listening to this on Tuesday, but I'm recording on Monday. So we're getting this information on Monday. Let's go to this ad. Should drag queens be allowed to groom Texas kids? We don't think so. Republican Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick doesn't either. Dan Patrick and the Texas Senate have passed legislation to stop drag shows. But what about House Speaker Dade Phelan? Dade Phelan won't say he opposes drag queens grooming kids, and his allies are refusing to move the bill. Call Dade Phelan today at 512-463-1000. Tell him it's time to protect Texas kids. Paid for by the Texas Family Project. So the Texas Family Project starts running this television ad in Dade Phelan's district, and his lawyers, he hires some attorneys and they send a letter to the TV stations. And this is what they say. They uh, address the station and they say, I write on behalf of Texans for Dade Phelan to ask that your station not broadcast unsourced advertising by the Texas Family Project. This advertising in question falsely accuses Speaker Phelan of opposing legislation against drag shows. Now here's what's interesting. The only way they can defend him is by actually saying the ad says something that it doesn't say. The Texas Family Project is critical of Speaker Phelan on two fronts. One, it says that he's refusing to say whether he supports the ban. And two, that his allies are refusing to move the bill. Now, the State Affairs Committee has had four months to host a hearing on the drag show issue, to hear specific legislation on this issue once the hearing deadline hit and they could actually hear legislation. They've had House bills and Senate bills available to hear and address this issue and haven't. In fact, they scheduled Senate Bill 12, which is the bill to ban drag shows, 
for a hearing within a day or two of this ad starting to run in Dade Phelan's district. So these ads started playing in Dade Phelan's district and then immediately the State Affairs Committee was like, we gotta have a hearing on this bill because our own speaker's getting hit for us not moving it. These are two things. Now his lawyers say that this ad accuses him of opposing the legislation. Well, I can tell you that I think he opposes it, but that's not actually what the ad says. Then they say the truth is that Speaker Phelan clearly supports the protection of Texas children from improper influences. Not drag shows, by the way. Improper influences. His first statement to the legislature after his election as Speaker in January 23 makes this abundantly clear. And then they quote him. Quote, but members, perhaps we have no greater task ahead of us than protecting those who will carry on what we have started. The children of Texas. I created the Select Committee on Youth health and safety last session to examine the issue facing our children. The threats of their safety are all too real. Child trafficking, violence in schools, bad actors seeking to exploit their innocence, and social media companies that prey on the insecurities of children, leaving them vulnerable to exploitation, sexualization, and indoctrination. Members, we must stand up for the children of Texas. So they quote him. And this is when he also then further cemented the Texas Youth and Safety and Committee which is chaired by Sinfronia Thompson, a Democrat, and sent her a bunch of bills. Interestingly enough, when he laid out this vision of what we needed to do, the, the drag show legislation didn't get sent to that committee that he was kind of applauding in his statement. Also, by the way, he doesn't say anything about drag shows. And then they say, also, Speaker Phelan echoed those statements two days later in a press roundtable. And here's what they quote him saying. There are some very select, I think, school districts that are being entirely inappropriate, getting in between the discussions between parents and children. I have a first grader, and if he came home and talked about sexuality in any form or fashion to me, I would be down to that school in minutes. That is not the right age to be discussing those issues. These are minors, so we need to be mindful of that. Now, I will also go point out that while the Senate has moved legislation that says that these teachers cannot have these sexual conversations, the House has not moved legislation that addresses that thing that he's asking about. Interestingly enough, though, uh, there's nothing in there about drag shows. So I keep going back to the fact that what we have talked about and on this show for, I mean, really a year since last Pride month, the, the debaucherous month that that has become in Texas. Uh, we have brought you the information. The Texas Family Project has been on Tucker Carlson once or twice to talk about these issues. And they have said this has to be addressed. The lieutenant governor made it a priority, had a hearing, pushed a bill, voted on the bill, sent it over to the House. And it wasn't until this TV ad started that the Texas House of Representatives took a single legislative action towards even talking about the bill, let alone moving the bill. The bill has not moved at all. So where does that leave us? Speaker Phelan could have simply put a statement out that says, I believe the legislature should ban drag shows. Now, why wouldn't he do that? He wouldn't do that because guys, and this is gonna go into the transition of kind of the rest of our highlighted, I guess, things going on in the legislature right now. But they have a fundamental problem of not having enough days to hardly get the stuff done that they do have on their plate. So he can't go out and say, I want this legislation 
because now it has to rocket through the process. And by the way, in order for SB 12 to pass, it literally has to hit every single deadline just right. They've waited intentionally. Now they'll try to rush it through so that, that somebody's not left with their hands too burned. Here's what I say often happens with conservative policy. When conservatives start calling out conservative policy and, and the Texas House particularly for holding on to this conservative policy, that bill becomes like a hot potato. And the real question is how long can any given member hold on to the hot potato without their hands getting burned? So that's why Todd Hunter has to immediately set it for a hearing. That way people can't really say he stopped it, even though he sat on it for months. And then at some point he'll send it to the calendars committee, maybe even like very late in the process. And when that happens, then the question is how long can the calendars chair sit on it before he's in trouble? This is the same thing they did with gender modification, the gender mod ban, the gender mutilation ban last session. So he couldn't take 30 seconds to just say, no, I support this bill. He could have a meeting, hire an attorney, write a check for, you know, a retainer, have somebody on his team sign off on the letter, find the quote, send them to the attorneys, draft the like all of those steps could get taken. When if he would just come out and say, this is what I want, great, now we're all on the same team. But this is the Texas legislature. They're not on our team all the time. Usually not. So that's why conservative organizations have to step into the gap and actually say, we are going to demand that action happen. Now, before we get to the rest of the bills that are also starting to die, I wanted to uh, make sure that if you don't know, you know, this show comes out now twice a week, when after the legislative session, we'll go back to once a week. But on Fridays, if you want to go to YouTube or the Texas Scorecard Roku app, wherever it's posted on video, uh, we have the headline. And the headline is hosted by Brandon Waltons, and it is basically a recap of your kind of top stories of the week that Texas Scorecard has been publishing, and then interviews with lawmakers that are pushing different bills, things like that. Uh, Brandon has done a great job. So if that is not a show that you are a regular consumer of, and you're somebody who wants to get information even more than once or twice a week, I would really encourage you to know that Texas Scorecard releases the headline on Fridays. The headline's hosted by Brandon Walton. It basically recaps what text, the kind of the top stories of the week. So I often come to you at the start of the week and say, here's what we're heading into, and here's some things to be aware about. You just, you know, be aware what happened, and then midweek kind of give you another little update, but that is a great way to cap your week off. So if you haven't watched the headline before, you should consider going to YouTube or the Texas Scorecard Roku or Apple TV app and watching the headline on Fridays when it comes out. So other than drag shows, there's a number of other bills that also are in jeopardy. And one of those is the DEI ban um, and the CRT ban of colleges. Again, two bills that the Senate passed out, moved through the process very quickly, were prioritized, and are sitting in the Texas House. Some pressure has resulted on the DEI bill getting a hearing in the Higher Education Committee, but the CRT ban has not. That is a big problem. The DEI bill will largely stop, let's say, these 300 employees that are all like diversity officers, basically full-time Marxist enforcers with your taxpayer money, okay? So that's the DEI bill. That is probably looking, I would say it's looking like it could move in some form or fashion through the legislative process. And then the ban on CRT, 
which is basically saying, I don't want my kids to not only walk into an institution that has these Marxist structures and offices, I would like them to not be forced with to consume Marxist ideas on a regular basis in the classroom. And that does not look to be moving in the Texas House. So it seems like the Texas Senate says we want Marxism out of the universities and the House is saying we want to address some Marxism while also letting Marxism stay in the universities, while also giving those universities billions of dollars more to continue to preach that Marxism in the classroom on a regular basis. So that would be very upsetting and disappointing if it does happen, but that's just an update. You have uh, Senate Bill 16, 17, 18. These are all higher ed bills in general. So uh, keep your eyes on all of that legislation. You also have the China land ban, uh, which is Senate Bill 147. Senate Bill 147 which did pass the Texas Senate. And that is a good piece of legislation that we've talked about on the show for a long time, is moving through the process. The one thing is, again, they literally need to perfectly move these bills through the process, okay? So that bill has been referred to state affairs. It needs to be voted out of state affairs. It needs to actually go to the calendars committee, get placed on a calendar in conjunction with all of these other bills that the House has been sitting on for four and a half months. So they have a fundamental problem of having a very short window of time by which they can even pass legislation. House bills, if they don't pass by Thursday, this Thursday, they can't pass anymore. So now they can only deal with Senate bills. They have another week to do that or so, and then they run out of time to do that too. So a very short window of time. ESG legislation uh, is also seemingly on standstill in the Texas House of Representatives, even though the Senate has passed multiple bills out that address that issue with environmental and social governance. Basically, again, our pension systems and our funding major are putting our money into major funds that are then turning around and literally voting to advance these environmental and social governments uh, governance agenda items in the corporate boardroom. And then we have also ESG coming into our insurance systems. And so this is us pushing back on California, who is basically trying to force all these liberal ideas through corporate structures as well. Again, this legislation moved through the process in the Senate, seems to be on standstill in the House, and we have a short window to address it. So these are all bills that are starting to come to a head. And we'll have to see what happens. When the Democrats have these points of order on the floor, what happens is a bill dies, like the, like the genital mutilation ban, and then the House says, okay, well, we're going to bring it back in a couple days. And it comes back, and then the Democrats put a point of order on it. The Speaker says, I'll sustain that point of order. And so now we lose a day. But we don't just lose a day on genital mutilation bans. We lose that day almost entirely because what House leadership doesn't do is they rarely stick two or three or four good Republican bills on the calendar. They'll stick one good bill on the calendar and then a bunch of other either do-nothing bills and half of them are Democrat bills, even some bad bills that get stuck on the calendar. And that's always the way they've worked. And so every time Democrats delay that, it means there's a whole nother day in the future that has to get taken up by nothing but this bill, which then means we're losing days to deal with other big bills. Not, let, let me just be clear, when I say that, I'm not saying they couldn't handle three or four big issues on the same day. I'm saying the constitution of the legislature, what they are able to stomach themselves as far as advancing conservative policy is pretty limited, okay? It, it, they literally are incapable of walking and chewing gum at the same time 
legislatively speaking, okay? So they'll push a bill and then say, man, that was a lot for that day. We can't push three or four. And you'll go to the Senate and it's like, man, this whole week is like 10 different conservative policies. Very different chambers, very different attitudes towards conservative policy. The local elections just took place and uh, there was some very good results. Matt Rinaldi talked about the fact that over 60% of the candidates that the Republican Party of Texas officially endorsed were victorious in their campaigns. And so those are people from city council to mayor, mostly school board. And this is a great thing. And I had a lot of races I was following across the state and there were some really good ones and there were some disappointments, right? We would have loved to have this sweeping election where 80 or 90 or 100% of these conservative uh, conservatives running for school board were all victorious. We did not see that happen. It did not happen in Texas. But that doesn't mean that a significant amount of of conservative candidates were still elected at a local level. That was very encouraging. Another really encouraging thing that I think is worth pointing out is the fact that in these big cities, and I'm going to use mine as an example, we are seeing a return to law and order, which I think shows conservatives and Republicans the path forward to engaging at a local level. So in San Antonio, liberal activists had Proposition A. And Proposition A was, one, going to increase the amount in the city that could be stolen before charges were pressed. Essentially, it was going to legalize theft of hundreds of dollars of items in any given store, okay? And then they thought, well, to make it more popular, we're going to add to it legalizing pot, we're going to add to it doing uh, like a non-enforcement on abortion being illegal. So they were trying to find issues that they thought were really popular and putting them all on this one monstrous proposition. Now, here's the thing. A lot of these specific cop-related and law enforcement-related issues in Proposition A were actually on the ballot in the past and almost passed into, I mean, there's literally single digits that it failed last time. So there was a lot of concern from conservatives that thought that this could, you know, actually pass this time. And then they stuck issues on it that are more popular in a liberal city. Remember, San Antonio, Texas, where I live, is a Democrat city, pure and simple. It is. It's like over 60% Democrat. It is not an easy city to advance conservative policy in. But when liberal activists teamed up, got the signatures, put this proposition on the ballot that would have enacted a lot of very liberal policies, they lost. They lost with only 28% of municipal voters voting to enact these liberal policies. 72% of voters in San Antonio said, I don't want any of that in my city. And that's a resounding statement from a city that is actually liberal. So what do we take away from that? I'm telling you, when it comes to the issues of law and order, legalizing theft, reducing the tools that our police officers have to keep our communities safe, this issue is a major loser for the Democrat party. And we should hope that they continue to embrace their liberal criminal justice policies. And conservatives and Republicans need to recognize that that is a particular issue that is going to give us a pathway to a broader coalition in the urban areas. 
Proposition A is just one example of that, but I think we will see many other examples like that continue to show themselves in the future. And if you're somebody who's a conservative activist across the state and you live in an urban area in a larger city and you're engaged and want to see more common sense minded individuals leading at a local city level, you should be looking at this issue and building coalitions in the city around advancing a law and order agenda, common sense that actually could give a pathway to conservative governance in the larger cities in Texas. With that being said, we have a lot going on this week, a ton of things happening in the legislature, and I will be coming back to you in just a couple days to give you an update on several things that have happened this week in the Texas House, in the Texas Senate. I look forward to coming to you with that update. Please stay tuned with everything going on. Send us any feedback you have. We want to try to engage on the issues that matter most to you. May God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. To find out more information about what's going on here in Texas, visit texasscorecard.com.